Matt Damon has dick problems. This is spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> this is spoilers. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Spoilers, and this is your host, Jordan. Uh, this week, we are looking over the uh, 2006 classic uh, Irish Boston mob gangster film, The Departed. Uh, let's go around and uh, everybody... Introduce yourselves, and uh, opening question is going to be, uh, what is your favorite gangster movie? And we'll start uh, from east to west. And uh, Brett, I think you also had some big news. Can you share that with the audience? Hi, this is Brett. I'm in Fort Wayne. Um, the big news is I closed on a house today, so we're moving in within five days, maybe yeah, tomorrow. Hey, yep, growing up. Hey, growing up. Brett. Woo! But... Uh, when you say gangster, do you mean just mafia in general? Uh, yeah, take it wherever you want. Well, my favorite gangster movie then is the greatest movie ever made, The Godfather. Fair enough. Uh, I think next will be Josh in Goshen. Hello, everybody. This is Josh from Goshen. Um, I feel like a lot of strong opinions have been thrown out there so far with Brett just wantoningly claiming a movie is the best movie of all time and Jordan saying that The Departed is a classic right off the bat but Ooh. Uh, I really mm. like the movie City of God and it's like South American game oh yeah so I good counts. I think that counts that's one of the best movies yeah. well I, w- I wouldn't say that. I mean save it for set in Brazil save it for the set in Brazil okay. <laughs> for, for, for the record every every episode that I host is a classic movie of some kind uh, that's how I int- that's how I introduce our movies. So uh, Stevie, I think you're up next. <laughs> Young guns. Uh, <laughs> let me see here. Uh, my favorite gangster movie of all time. Rack up. Ah, oh, that's such a tough one. Well, I don't want to pick Scorsese because that's just like weak sauce. So if I do that on a Scorsese episode, so I'll go with The Godfather Part Two, the greatest sequel ever made. <laughs> God, yeah, you're really killing me today, Steve. <laughs> and I like last, you guys are really, you guys are really like going to some B-side tracks for your favorite game movies. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> last but not least, we have a uh, Pappy. Yep, that's me, not Weast. Uh, <laughs> Pappy recording from Denver, Colorado. And I'm going to pivot from your Jordan question by not answering it. I'd like to bring up the elephant in the room saying that, like, there's no Mikey on this podcast. You may pick up the phone. You ask for Mikey because there is no Mikey. It's a quote from The Departed. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he can't be with us because I wanted a podcast tonight. Sorry, Mikey. So everyone, Mike. everyone, blame Pat. You ask for Mikey because there is no Mikey. Yeah, are we gonna have a call in from Mikey? I hope so. Let's assume so. Yeah. Okay. In the future. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as I said, we're doing uh the 2006 classic, The Departed tonight. Um. I had a little bit of a little bit of trouble trying to break this movie up, and so I think our first kind of segment that we're going to go through is the opening monologue through the cranberry juice scene, um, kind of bookend this first little segment. Uh, so, kind of the big things that I have here is, like I said, the opening monologue. Um, what is the opening get- monologue, Jordan? I don't want to be a product of my environment. 
I want my environment to be a product of me. Years ago, we had the church. That was only a way of saying we had each other. But now, I don't know, it's a funny thing. I, I'm a, I put hate in your heart. The Knights of Columbus were real headbreakers, true guineas. They took over their piece of the city. 20 years after an Irishman couldn't get a fucking job, we had the presidency. May rest in peace. That's what the niggas don't realize. If I got one thing against the black chappies, it's this. No one gives it to you. You have to take it. I mean, I don't have it word for word, but he, <laughs> he talks about not wanting to be a product of his environment. And he, uh, at his, uh, Costello, which is Jack Nicholson's character, um, he wants his environment to be a product of him. Of him, um, I think this monologue is pretty weird and unnecessary. They don't really come back to it at all throughout the movie. What did you think of this, Stevie? I know you're a, a big fan of this monologue. Ah, uh, it's a hell of a way to open a movie, and I feel like every Scorsese movie starts with an opening monologue. I just watched uh, Gangs in New York last night, and that starts with a monologue as well. And a lot of them say the N word. A lot of them say the N word, including this one. What is for that? no Just, reason? Is that an, the ultimate attention getter? I mean, is that honestly? What like, is the N word, Josh? Yeah, do you Josh. not know what the N word is? I've seen South Park. <laughs> 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 no, but honestly, do you think that's why they say it? Just to be like, this is going to be an intense movie with no holds barred. I also think it kind of drew attention to like how Boston is the most racist city in the world. Mm, fair point. I take. So I don't issue. think it's that. I don't. I don't think it's that out of context when uh, Jack Nicholson's character is saying it. I take issue with it because it's very much like a glamorizing intro, and then he has the like the quip at the end where he's saying like he faults black people because they haven't like tried hard enough or taken what's theirs, basically, and. I I don't really appreciate that sentiment at this point in this movie. I I thought that was over the line, quite honestly. Well, I, I think it's more of like an accurate depiction, kind of like Stevie was saying, of the racism that was real. But like to get back to this intro, though, I would say good is the young Matt Damon. That look, that kid looks just like a young Matt Damon. <laughs> like I knew exactly who that's supposed to be. Bad. <laughs> Is Jack Nicholson constantly in a weird shadow because he's old as shit and can't look any younger? It's so distracting and weird. Ben, get him a couple loaves of bread, a couple half gallons of milk. You like bologna and cheese? Give him some cold cuts, throw some mayo in. You like comic books? You do good in school? Yeah. That's good. I did too. They call that a paradox. Brett, you have any thoughts on this monologue? Does this uh, monologue? I mean, I don't know. Monologues are what they are. They're okay. Um, does this have the scene where he kills the Italian person and his wife? Yeah, it's in there. Oh uh, well, she I don't felt know. Funny. <laughs> I always uh, just something just to quick share with that something my grandpa said that I always liked and 
Uh-oh. Uh, if you don't, if you don't mind, <laughs> your um, your pappy. Do, do we need to get the beep ready? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not, it's not like that at all. Okay. No, no. Um, I always thought it was interesting. Uh, he told me one time when I was like seventeen. He told me uh, he asked if I knew the difference between the uh, Italian mafia and the uh, Boston, like Boston gangsters. He said uh, Italian mafia, if they wanted to kill a guy who was in a restaurant, they'd wait for him to come out and then kill him. But uh, the Italian uh, Irish mob would just blow the building up. And that kind of reminded me of the scene because uh, the Italians have like a code where they don't kill women and children and Irish people who are kind of grittier and they just didn't care. They'd kill anybody. I don't know. Thought that, I always thought that was interesting, but if it's not interesting, you can cut that. <laughs> well, I guess I, I've I never ask, been more nervous <laughs> in a joke for spoilers <laughs> than Brett's <laughs> Yeah, they, hey, hey, I hey, was so nervous for, where that was going. The thanks difference for assuming, between. Thanks for assuming oh, my God. grandpa's uh, racist. Appreciate that. <laughs> hey, grandpas are racist. This is what they this are. This is true. <laughs> Yikes. Jordan, what do you think of the intro? We've all talked about it. Uh, I, I just think it, like Josh said, it's unnecessary and kind of takes some weird shots. And it, like, I, I don't think it's, it doesn't like set out a theme for the movie, really. It's just like him kind of saying some words and trying to feel like a badass, I think. Like, it's not, I don't it's think like this a movie. documentary. You know? It's like, yeah, it's just like, quick... it's just like words to like, to like talk over the scene of him, like, kind of training. Uh, the Colin Sullivan, Matt Damon's character, like as a kid, like oh, I brought this kid up, but he's like talking about this other weird shit. You also have to remember, though, this is Whitey Bulger. You're not like that dude was a terrible human being. You're not supposed to like this guy. Well, and this is also this movie was made before Whitey Bulger had been captured, right. by mm-hmm. the authorities. He's still on the lam at this time, so he's like definitely like a legendary, yeah, figure. Yeah. He like apparently snuck into the theater during the premiere, but that's like just rumored. I read Stevie, that. Stevie, did you see Black Mass? I did see Black Mass opening night. Who's better as Whitey Bulger? Oh, Nicholson or J- Nicholson Depp? by far. Okay. Wait, Depp is oh, worse than Jack. Oh, okay. We'll we'll, we'll get into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So as we said, we kind of get the introduction to Colin Sullivan, who's Matt Damon, um, as a kid to Costello, and he kind of is training him to be like a gangster guy. Um. Then we get. Sullivan and uh, Leo DiCaprio as uh, Costigan. Then um, they're both kind of training in the state police department and uh, they graduate and one goes off and is like promoted right away. Uh, Sullivan is and then Costigan is pulled in by a pretty hilarious Mark Wahlberg and uh, Alec Baldwin here. Josh, do you want to kind of go into how this scene goes? Martin Sheen. Well, I'd like Martin to Sheen, point excuse out me, excuse me. That Mark Wahlberg had some recent comments that made the news. Um, I was actually at the conference where he said that he, due to his like newfound religion, Catholic religion, which plays into this movie, he regret he regrets being in the Boogie Nights. How the hell did he get to meet the Pope out of all people? What hashtag Catholics come home? <laughs> Honestly, I mean, he has a hate crime against him. How did he get to meet the Pope? I mean, there's no better spokesperson from a, for a religion than someone who beat a guy half to death because he looked different. Right. When he was like when he was like 16, yeah, he's probably the same person he was back then. Just saying. If you're going to meet mean, the big, pontiff. A big part of the church is that it forgives. But regardless, um, I think Jordan wanted me to set up this scene. And um, Leonardo DiCaprio sits down on a chair. He's new on the force he's green behind the ears or whatever that saying is and um he just kind of gets ripped a new one by 
Mark Wahlberg and Martin Sheen, to be honest. And they tell him like, this isn't the profession to you for you. And they kind of spin that to be like, if you want to be part of us, you need to do this deep, deep undercover stuff. Yeah. Where you will have to trust <laughs> just us with your entire life. You can go in there now. You can shit. So, do you know what we do here? My section? Sir, yes, sir, I have an idea, Whoa, sir. whoa, whoa. Let's say you have no idea and leave it at that, okay? No idea. Zip. None. If you had an idea about what we do, we would not be good at what we do, would we? We would be cunts. Are you calling us cunts? Yeah, I don't know. I I think Leo is a pretty good actor overall. I, I hear the criticisms of he just shouts a lot, and I think at times in this movie, when he's asked to be the most emotional, all he's doing is shouting. But in this scene, he looks really defeated as he's getting the business specifically from Mark Wahlberg. Like, Mark Wahlberg just goes in hard on him, like which is really weird, too, because Matt Damon just gets a complete pass in this whole scene. Well, he gives some shit to Matt Damon too, but I think overall, not like, as much. Matt though. Damon has this like <laughs> not as much as upward rise to him that they recognize, and Leo, they're like, "You're not cut out for this job," and I think they're serious. I Ooh. okay, so I don't think it's he's not he's not cut out for it. He's too good for it. It's yeah, more and, and they're worried about why he took that job. So they want to trust him more than any other cop, or are they saying that because you're so smart? Let's use you as much as we can right away because like you're going to be too smart. I think they were trying to groom him as to what as to what he would go through. That's the way I looked yeah. at it. And that, dude, that's my exact interpretation of the scene too. I think they thought they could get more out of Leo because, like, I don't think in this movie the character that Matt Damon played, uh, Colin could have done what Billy was asked to do and like going undercover for two years. That's the whole point. Like Colin's kind of like selfish and impotent and jealous. <laughs> and he's not the guy that Leo is, but you like Matt Damon more as an actor. Jordan, who do you like more Matt Damon or Leonardo DiCaprio? Uh, and I, in this movie, honestly, I think I like Leo more. Um, he, mm-hmm. he, he does mm-hmm. kind of get the business on in this scene. Um, but I think part of that is just Wahlberg's ability to steal this. And he kind of like, (laughs) he's so funny and mean at the same time, he's getting his message across. Like, you're not shit, but you're going to do this for us, I guess. Um, kind of like you said, Pappy, like, I think that's the only interpretation, like you're too smart, but that is going to allow you because you have this history as being like a double person. Um, you have family inside the city and outside the city and you have like this kind of family connection to, um, to like organize crime. So we're going to use you for that um, rather than just like mm. let you continue on this path of like kind of being a, a fuck up. The only th- other thing I had from this opening scene was the weird James Bond gun barrel shot that zooms in on Matt Damon and like zooms out really quick. Like right when he's walking up to like the bureau or whatever. Did anyone else pick, pick up on that? It's it so happen- out of place. It happens later yeah. in the movie too. Yeah, to, It happens only two times. To though, Leo. Yeah, it's weird. Actually, it happens to the yeah. citizen's envelope as well. Oh, does it? I didn't even catch that one. One quick... I, th- I don't know if this is 
in the intro, maybe we're moving on from that a little bit, but Matt Damon graduates from the police academy and um, Jack Nicholson's character gives him a gift. Do we know what that gift is or is it just some sort of MacGuffin, I guess? I think it's, isn't it probably a bunch of money because he buys that really expensive apartment right away? I have a cosigner. Cosigner. It just looked like a little box, mm, maybe. Nice. I thought it was like a watch. I don't know. I, just, I thought it was a Rolly. It was like a nice. Yeah, yeah it could have been. That's kind of a old school graduation gift, so. School's up. Thank you, Frank. You earned it. No more pencils, no more books. And you then, guys didn't get a Rolex when you graduated high school? Come on. <laughs> didn't have a grandpa's, which, which is yours, Brett, apparently. <laughs> is, is that what I they gave people when they graduated high school back in the 70s? Or? <laughs> I don't know. I'll ask my dad. I'll ask my dad and mom when they graduated in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> so th- there's also like the way that those two characters are intertwined in this movie. There's a one little tiny moment, and it's uh, the scene where Mark Wahlberg is giving it to Leo. Um, right before that, he has Matt Damon in there, and Matt Damon walks out, and like Leo's sitting there waiting, and he's the next one in, and that's it. Kind of shows shows you what movie this is going to be, where they are so similar but yet so different and affect each other's lives, but like don't know each other personally and they're both kind of trying to figure out who that other person is the entire movie i thought that was a cool little easter egg that i noticed this time yeah it's cool yeah this is actually the first time i noticed that as well and that's like kind of the closest that they come until probably the the movie theater scene later on which isn't even until that leo's close. coming in his girlfriend that's also true <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Yikes. We'll we'll get to that. Um <laughs> so coming up we have the uh the cranberry juice scene. So uh after uh Costigan goes through jail to kind of get his, his street his street rep up, uh he gets out of jail and he kinda joins up with his cousin, they start selling some drugs. Um he ends up in one of Costello's bars and he goes up to the bar and orders a cranberry juice. Uh Stevie, you wanna take this one? Yeah, um, well, you forgot the part where Leo's trying to get into jail and he's holding up a uh, convenience store and beats the tar out of a guy to where he breaks his hand. And, well, this is um, after, yeah, yeah. And he's at the bar and he orders a cranberry juice. And what are those hats called, those stupid Irish hats that people wear? You know what I'm talking about with like the Yamakas. short brim? Yamakas. <laughs> oh. Like a, anyway, a, guy's wearing that hat, hat, and he's just pretty pretty much gives him the business like, "What are you on your period?" And he's pretty much saying like, "Why don't you order like a real man's drink?" And then he goes on about like how his uh, his wife drinks cranberry juice when she's on her period. And Leo walks behind him, and does he slam his head against the bar? Or does he punch him a couple times? I forget. He slams his glass on his head like a highball oh, okay. glass, <laughs> and I think he kind of wails on him. And that's when uh, French and uh, and Costello take him in the back room, and Costello uh, takes a boot and just uh, well, first off, he undoes his casted hand, and then he takes a boot and he starts wailing away on his broken hand, asking if he's a part of like the FBI or not. Was 
I don't know if it's beyond some fucking cock prick like Queen to pull you out of the stadies and send you after me. I just can't know. I don't know what they do in that particular department anyway. No! Are you still a cop? No! No! Swear on your mother's grave, you're still not a cop! I am not a fucking cop! Are you gonna stop doing coke deals with your jerk-off fucking cousin? Yes! Yes, yes! All right, all right. Are you a cop? Are you a cop? Yeah, <laughs> not the FBI. Pretty just, intense scene. Not the FBI. The Stadies. <laughs> Stadies, man. And, and one thing about this scene too is like we spent a lot of time on the intro, but like the title sequence of this movie is like 20 minutes in, and this pretty much happens like right after that. It's like a really weird layout, but this is like the first like sort of violent scene of the movie. And it like keeps cons- it keeps consistent with like Scorsese movies because like he has like the most violent bar fights that end in like really serious shit <laughs> in his movies. Casino for one. Goodfellas, Sh- fucking Shinebox. <laughs> <laughs> Cranberry juice. It's a natural diuretic. My girlfriend drinks it when she's got a period. What do you get your period? I'm the guy that tells you there are guys you can hit, and there's guys you can't. Now, that's not quite a guy you can't hit, but it's almost a guy you can't hit. So I'm going to make a fucking ruling on this right now. You don't fucking hit him. You understand? Yeah, excellent. Fine. 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 So after all this, uh, they end up kind of just bringing in Costigan into the gang after they decide he's not still a cop, and... <laughs> uh they <laughs> they introduce they introduce this uh this microprocessor scheme where they're gonna sell microprocessors these these stolen microprocessors <laughs> to a bunch of Chinese buyers, I think. Um it's a pretty contrived plot line. Was that you that made a noise, Brett? <laughs> no, that no, was me. Pappy. <laughs> I made a gag noise. It's this is one of the weakest parts of the movie, especially Alec Baldwin, which welcome to the three movie club for Alec Baldwin. <laughs> keeps calling him Baldwin. Keeps keep, <laughs> the highest honor any actor can receive, but he keeps like calling him Chinaman. <laughs> Want to buy the processes for, for missiles or something like it's so like, it's so stupid. Like it, it doesn't need to be in this movie at all. It does just seem like, hey, like we need some kind of scheme. He's gonna try to export something at the docks. Uh, how about uh, how about how about some microprocessors? Like, okay, that that'll do. <laughs> um, and I get yeah. it because maybe like from the perspective that Costello's like the FBI informant, so like that's why he's able to stay alive. But like at the same time, like if this gang was just after money, that's good enough. Like, I don't need like this complicated international scheme of yeah. missile launching technology. <laughs> okay. Missiles. Well, did they, my question though, is did they steal that plot point directly from the movie that this is a remake of, which is um, the Chinese Internal movie affairs. called internals of eternal affairs. Yeah. Infernal In, affairs. Infernal. Yeah. 
Yeah. Internal Affairs is a Richard Gear. Sorry, movie. I was yes. kind of messed up when Stevie interjected himself there. But I was talking to uh, <laughs> someone from China, mean. and they said that that in, in, Internal Affairs is actually a really <laughs> bad like uh, translation of what the title is, and it's more like good, good or bad, death or life, or something like that. In Internal Affairs, she was like baffled when I told her that that's what it was called in English. But anyway. But I think, unlike you, Josh, Stevie has seen the movie, right? Have you? You've seen Infernal. Yeah. Stevie, feel free. I, I was just joking. Feel free. Feel free. I saw it my freshman year of college, and um, I do not remember that part of the microprocessors. The, the reason I asked that question is maybe... Maybe they threw in the China plot line as like a, a nod, a yeah, nod to that movie, and maybe in that movie mm-hmm. it was like selling microprocessors to America or something. I'm gonna try to Google that really quick. I'll I'll fill you guys in. So while Josh is googling, uh, the plot is to sell these microprocessors to the Chinamen. <laughs> it ends up being a sting operation. So uh, Sullivan and his kind of internal affairs group uh, find out about this late. So Sullivan's kind of trying to update his uh his boss Costello. Um we get a, a pretty good line here from Alec Baldwin saying about how he loves the Patriot Act because the feds are there are there helping him track uh Fuck I love the Patriot Act. <laughs> they're helping him track phones. Um but this ends up being a sting. Uh Brett, do you want to kind of take us through the scene and how uh, the bad guys end up getting away? Patriot Act. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, they got tipped off by Matt Damon, who just, I can't believe he has been so good at being undercover all the time. He always looks super guilty. <laughs> um, so true. He's a good liar. But they somehow, <laughs> this computer guy doesn't notice there's a big blind spot, doesn't cover the back. And uh, kind of, it's kind of funny. Uh, Frank gives a, a lecture about, you know, the rules of being a good criminal in America. You know, you can murder and kill and do all that other stuff, but God forbid you bring an automatic weapon to the, the party. <laughs> I'm concerned about a Chinaman who thinks it's wise to come to a business transaction with automatic weapons. For his own good, tell Bruce Lee and the Karate kids none of us are carrying automatic weapons. Because here, in this country, it don't add inches to your dick. Well, even even before that, though, I think one of the most badass things at the time, but I'll never be able to explain it to someone younger than us, is Matt Damon texting in his pocket. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, like, navigating, like, the, the inbox and, like, finding the contact and then, like, T9-ing that shit. T9 like, to was say, tough. Like, to say no cell phones, like... That would have taken like hours and hours and hours of training, and like I remember at the time being very impressed, but now it's just like that could never ever happen. You can't you can't do that now. <laughs> no, you can't because you can't feel the the grooves and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Basically, I don't know. Uh, they were they weren't really microprocessors. What were they? Little uh, like I don't know USB things or whatever. And they set them up just to get money. So it's kind of did they even ever even have microprocessors or? Well, like those those Asian guys leave on a boat, and then Nicholson says something about the Navy. And that's kind of like the end of that little. Yeah, he brings it up later, though. 
Does he? Yeah, the he says something like, uh, oh, it was when Martin Sheen and uh, Donnie Wahlberg's brother, Mark, um, what? <laughs> they're at that. That's a great joke. We yes. should... <laughs> um, Donnie Wahlberg, yeah. So they're talking to them at that weird little religious circus thing. And he says, what about the microprocessor? He's like, oh, oh, I remember what you're talking about. And then he mentions like some random electronic thing that he gave the China, the Chinamen, the Chinese people. And, uh, so if I guess you can't really answer my question if you didn't catch that part of the Yeah, movie, he so. said it was fake. I just wonder if he ever they had They were them. fake. Those, yeah. But yeah, they, I, I always assume that the whole deal was set up by the FBI. Then, right? Like in this, yeah, yeah. Complex. I guess you're not supposed to know that early on, but you, yeah, I guess it kind of comes to you later. But that's like an impossible plot point to catch if you've only seen this movie once. Like you can't, you can't really work out like the intricacies of that. What's going on with the the quote unquote Chinaman <laughs> and Jack Nicholson and everything? Like it's it's way too complex to like. For one pass to get, and Pap, your pat, your comment earlier about how like it's a weak plot point. Remember there being a shot where it keeps like cutting between like Jack Nicholson and the Irish gang and the Chinese gang, and it's like totally looks like Fast and the Furious, just like cheese ball, <laughs> like, gang versus gang in the underground. <laughs> what is cool about that scene though is back in the control room, Alec Baldwin just completely ripping this uh, camera operator guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you professional or not? Yes, I am. Do I fucking walk around and rip that? No, shut the fuck up, Bruce. Do I want? No! No! Don't shut me up! So, going forward, both uh, both camps kind of realize that there's a rat in their respective camp. Um, Sullivan, since he's at the police department, he's trying to get the undercover records and he's trying to get Costello to get all the everybody in his gang like their social security numbers and their birthdays and stuff so they can smoke out the rat on their side um the police are trying to do the same on theirs pretty soon after this we get uh jack nicholson's really weird like rat speech where he kind of corners leo dicaprio um and he's like why they they collect the number like the social social security numbers and leo leaves the the bar that they're supposed to stay in and soon after costello corners them and he's like why didn't you why didn't you stay i told you to stay and he does like this weird rat i don't want to be thing. you what the fuck is that i don't want to be you frank oh dude i love where he's like cheese eating rats <laughs> <laughs> i like i, I was I really hoping that, scene, that could actually. be the instagram post <laughs> <laughs> you love it brett I, were they talking? Mm, yeah. What's wrong? Yeah, Pat? and I actually go ahead. No, Brett first. Well, first of all, my opinion on Leonardo DiCaprio in this movie is a lot different than Pappy, so I mean that's why he's groaning. But... Whoa! No! 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 Go ahead, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I don't know. Um, I thought I was talking to Brittany about this, and we were talking about like kind of the first half of the movie. Leonardo DiCaprio is kind of all natural, and he's pretty believable. Then, like from that point on, when he's kind of cornered, as uh, Joe put it. He looks so guilty, and he kind of looks guilty, I feel like, the rest of the time throughout the movie. So that was kind of like a little turning point for me that I noticed, or at least, you know, to me. So I don't know. I like that little speech. It's really intense, and I don't know. I love – I'll get to him later. Well, do you think that's believable? Because, like, he had a gun pointed at his face and was threatened, so maybe he was a different person after that. 
Yeah, no, and then I thought he played a just a really good anxious guy the whole time, and uh, I guess he described it as a 24-7 panic attack, which I thought he portrayed really well in the movie. I'm trying to because th- that just would be a crappy life. Well, yeah, I just want to set the record straight. For one, I think this is Leo's one of his best performances. I think it's better than The Revenant. I think it's like if he should have ever won an Oscar, it should be for this film. Mm. He wasn't even nominated. I I have heard from some of the people who I really idolize in like the movie criticism industry that Leo only yells and he does yell a lot in this movie and he yell a lot for winning the Oscar but that that Christmas I think he's great in this movie I have no complaints with Leo the main complaint I have is that the whole time during this movie like Martin Scorsese is like hitting you over the head like you get it you get it these stories are parallel you get it like with the rat with Leo and then like with the ending with the rat on the wire like it's just like kind of like you get it you get it there's like multiple rats you get it like it's just too like self-explanatory like it's too like self-indulgent yeah it's no not not even self-indulgent it's just like so easy like like, it's like you'd be so stupid if you miss the symbolism (laughs) in this movie (laughs) it'd be so hard to miss the symbolism the symbolism of what of rats uh uh, no of the two are you I hate Josh because he asks these stupid, obvious questions. And the two like <laughs> character arcs, like of the two like passing characters in the night, and like oh, they're they're both like rats and like opposite like institutions. Wait, wait, wait! There are two rats in the movie. Stevie, help There's me like out. Four here. rats, actually. <laughs> Stevie, is is the symbolism on the nose or not? Extremely on the nose. Thank you, Stevie. Well, it's just I mean, like Pap said, you have two you have two people. Who are in two far different it? situations doing the same thing? It? Do you get two it? Two brothers. <laughs> yeah, it's There's two arcs. You get it? It's extremely obvious. <laughs> I I like I like the dichotomy of the two arcs. I I think what's unclear. I'm glad you understood that, it. Me too. I think that's still <laughs> unclear though. Is like what is it supposed to mean? And so like. I didn't end it being like, oh, this is so clear. I was trying to like find a meaning. So even this third time watching it, like, so this is just saying that uh, no matter what path you take, you're fucked. Uh, is that the main lesson here? I think the main I, lesson is you know, if you can't get your dick hard, Leo DiCaprio is going to screw your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that you can. That does like, take us right into the next multiple segment. People getting their brains blown out. Uh, yeah, I'll wait to that. Every, end that <laughs> everyone dies. Everyone dies. Um, so yeah, kind of next we have this very weird sex scene with Costello and two girls, I think. And there's the most coke anyone's ever seen. <laughs> He's just no, throwing on, it around. Okay, Outside of Scarface. Sorry, sorry Scarface. real quick, time out. Yeah, this yeah. has to be the low point of Jack Nicholson in this film, right? When he's like... like what does he say? Like, snort till your face is numb? Or, like, yeah. snort till like, can't... don't come up till you're numb. You want some Coke? There it is. Don't move till you're numb. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> and he has it's that so creepy weird. smile. It's, yeah. Wait, what's it's called a Coke smile? Does that work for anyone? Yeah. I don't want to take away from me. No, not me. a little bit. That was bad. It was Nicholson's idea. That worked for me a lot more than him saying to the quote Chinaman, 
in this country, one person <laughs> gives the goods and the other gives the cash in this country. That was the worst. Because in this country, you don't add inches to your dick. <laughs> in this country. That was the worst part for me, but he's, at he's least got the cocaine scene was short. It's just like two shots. <laughs> so there's that weird sex scene, and then we also get our uh, uh, Costigan and our main female character, I guess, who is a psychiatrist, um, who is mm. who is dating Sullivan. But then Costigan shows up at her place, and they end up hooking up. Um, Brett, what? How do you feel about this hookup? <laughs> <laughs> Thought I heard uh, a noise. And what? No, that wasn't me. That was uh, the heater. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Usually we can hear your wa- your dishes going. But... That was laundry and my air conditioner. Not, you know. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, she's smoking hot in this movie. I couldn't say. Jordan, actually, I, I want to turn this question around to you real quick yeah. while we rock out to the Grateful Dead's version of Comfortably Stevie's Not favorite, Hot, right? Stevie's favorite version. Such a shitty Roger version. Waters. It's just Roger Waters' live. Thank you. <sighs> just play the studio, man. Sounds way better. Probably costs a lot more money. playing jordan i want to ask you you are a trained psychologist correct yeah a licensed psychology major you might say no <laughs> but he good but he, uh, he got a degree at north carolina though and those are paper degrees so. <laughs> in what scenario is it okay to sleep with your former patients especially ones who threaten suicide if you don't give them volume right fucking now like what <laughs> is she not the worst psychologist ever i mean He's not a current patient, and so I'm not sure. Okay, that's such a bullshit. Le- legally. Like, they, like they just wrote that in. They just wrote that in. Like you're not my patient anymore. We can fuck. But like, it's a way better story if he if he was her patient. Like, it's still like weird. Oh, I mean, but... it's definitely weird. Yeah, but I, like legally, I don't know what the ramifications would be. Uh, so I don't I don't know if I have a good answer to your question. It is I mean Well have you yeah. slept with any former patients? I can't yeah. say that I have yeah. have any patients whatsoever. So okay. no. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> um, Sorry, take it away, Roger Waters. <laughs> <laughs> Happy, you're really going on the offensive here. I, you have some good yeah. points. Do you think, though, that her character was just a horrible person? No. I. When I watch this movie, and I have to accept the fact that she moves in with her, like, you know, very upward, mobile... Uh, socially climbing the ladder boyfriend Matt Damon that makes sense impotent impotent the way that the way that I watch this movie and rationalize that she has sex with Leonardo DiCaprio is because oh he's Leonardo DiCaprio he's really fucking sexy like of course she would just like you know fuck him like there's no other reason I I don't say you're saying if Clint Howard was in this role she wouldn't have slept with him (laughs) I don't, I don't besmudge a male or female character with like giving in to temptation, but there's no good reason why Harvard-educated Madeline should sleep with a former patient who her only interactions that we see with are him threatening suicide, him demanding pills, and him being, quote-unquote, so vulnerable right now it's turning me on. Freaking me out. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I, I think she was a second best like good hearted person in the movie I know it's not saying much I mean she's obviously behind Emilio Estevez's dad but Martin Estevez (laughs) (laughs) but there's a huge drop off after her in my opinion that's true go ahead Joe yeah so I I think that'll probably well no the the last thing I did want to say about that scene is that it does kind of play in strangely later in the movie when um, the psychiatrist reveals to Sullivan that she's pregnant. I'm pretty sure that that would be Costigan's baby because we have no evidence to the contrary that uh, Sullivan <laughs> has fixed his difficulties. I, I did, did that like come up for you guys? Do you get it? Do you get it? <laughs> it's a good guy's baby. Do you get it? <laughs> this is kind of like a moment in. Uh... <sighs> Fuck, I can't remember the. Don't movie. say it. Rob Roy. I thought you were going to say Missouri Breaks. <laughs> no. Have you guys ever seen Rob Roy? It kind of ends like you don't know if the baby is it, like is of rape of the antagonist or of the protagonist. Protagonist. But it kind of ends vague <laughs> and you're left there to guess. And I think. Isn't that how the gift ended? I don't know. There's probably a lot of movies that end like that. And like. I, th- I think my problem with her character is she's. She's pretty much the vehicle to just have this like ambiguous baby like she love trying yeah she falls for both guys she doesn't like she's good-hearted but like at the end when she like listens to that tape recording and like turns against matt damon's character like full-heartedly i didn't really buy that she would really be able to like comprehend all the layers but she like got it, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Well, and like the other thing is too, it's like she's she's such a piece of furniture. Like, yeah, yeah. When she's in Matt Damon's apartment, she has sex with Matt Damon. When she's in her old apartment, you get it. She's having <laughs> sex with someone in her old life, like Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, she doesn't like make an active decision at any point to to chart the course of the story. The only reason it's like she changes the course of the plot is Leo gave her the tapes or whatever. Like. Uh, his lawyer 
gave her gave Leo who gave her the tapes or something like she's just uh, you give such me like the a, twenty thousand in the story. I'll yeah. give you the kid. You give me the midichlorians. <laughs> I'll give you the pod. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to make your move. Brett, what do you? I mean, did, did that make sense to you? Like, what? Like, it, she's not an active character, right? Um, I don't know. I think she's kind of like the. Well, like you were talking about, it's really obvious. It's like good versus evil, and they're both playing opposite roles. But she's kind of like the teeter totter in between. I don't know. I thought she was. Decently well developed. She was a heck of a lot more well developed than Frank's girlfriend, most useless fact. character oh, in the whole movie. God. That's a fact. terrible. Talk. I mean, has there ever been a character has got less of a story arc than that <laughs> redheaded? She's even told that she the was end, a terrible person. We've lost too. Frank, and then like you don't see her reaction, and you just never see her again. No, she was useless in that movie. <laughs> she literally doesn't matter. That's pretty common in Martin Scorsese films, though, is not a lot of female characters have like a great arc. <laughs> but yet, this yeah, is a classic, George. They're yeah. all classic. They're all playing like the Peggy Bundy, like useless. Yeah, I mean, that's every children. Martin Scorsese <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah. So Martin Scorsese, yeah. yeah, he's like, yeah, women like powerful men, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get it? <laughs> you get it? Do you get it? <laughs> God. So I think that'll probably end our discussion of the strong female character um, in, the, in this movie. <laughs> um, so going through, there is a chase scene that starts in a porno theater. Um, I wanted to bring this up because it's got two quick little things. Um, like taxi in, driver. <laughs> in the porn theater. See you next Wednesday. <laughs> they uh leo is watching uh sullivan who he doesn't know the identity of still but he's watching sullivan meet up with uh costello and costello walks in with his like hood pulled up and, a, and his hat down and he's groaning and making these noises and he scares the shit out of sullivan <laughs> with like a big black dildo and <laughs> and i read that that was, that was actually a leftover from a scene that Nicholson really wanted to do with his character and he wanted Oh to... my god, of course it was. His idea. <laughs> he had <laughs> he had the scene that he wanted to do with Costello and a bunch of hookers and a bunch of coke and a bunch of dildos and that was like his thing and he had to be like talked out of it by all like everybody else on set. <laughs> He's so weird. Um but then the next thing is uh Sullivan kind of dips out after he gets the info from Costello. He dips out into an alleyway. Uh Costigan gives chase and he's sneaking up behind him in an alleyway and his phone's on silent the entire movie until Can they're in a dark alleyway. just say Leo and Matt Damon? I'm trying to keep it consistent, man. <laughs> Good for his, you, Jordan. His you phone's on... Way to, break the fourth wall. Way to break the fourth wall, Josh. Yeah, man. Seriously. Many Irish names. His phone's on silent the whole time and until he's like right behind him in the alleyway and it's like ding, 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 which is just really just like a terrible plot point to me. Um, I don't know. Those are just two quick points I wanted to bring up. Stevie, was there anything else in this little snippet that you wanted to bring up before we kind of bring it to the ending? Uh, you do make a valid point with that whole cell phone thing. Like it, it does seem kind of like just thrown in there, like make it go off right here. Didn't really right. like serve a purpose as to why it was on. Like we need a chase. They could have connected. They could have connected that a little better. Leo's pretty smart. Like he would have had his phone on silent in the movie theater. Like. He's on set, dog. <laughs> yeah, he's so smart, except for a few times. 
Um, I had in my notes that one of my favorite parts in the movie was like the conclusion to this scene because it slam cuts from Matt Damon crossing the, like the night street and a surveillance camera like in the rain to him like back in the police office like presumably an hour or so later like going through that footage and deleting the applicable photos um I thought that was pretty cool and showed like the power that he had f- from the inside pretty well. That's true. I think he's also trying to check out if there's any scene, if any like photos after that from the security footage, if he can see like who was chasing him come out of the alleyway, but it doesn't seem like it gets him. Well, like the far. whole like five seconds where he's like staring at the camera, like super. <laughs> yeah, like very <laughs> guilty. I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> Wait, that's just like in Cabin of the Woods. <laughs> oh my god. Brett, where he looks at like the wire camera and he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> in this country. All right. So that's a funny. good connection, Josh. That's good. You get it, Pat? Check out Cabin in the Woods, guys. Check out Cabin in the Woods. You get it? <laughs> uh, so pretty soon, both of our rats. Pappy, find out that Costello is an, F- oh, I an FBI informant. <laughs> um, Rat? Rats? There's rats? <laughs> uh, Officer Queenan, who is uh, Martin Sheen, he uh, goes to meet uh, Leo's character. He ends up getting tailed uh, up into <sighs> up onto the roof. He lets uh, Leo's character, Costigan, escape. Um, and he kind of gets away, but Costello's man, men uh, take a hold of Queen and then they end up tossing him off the roof. And I think one of the more oh. iconic scenes in this movie, um, he ends up landing God. right in front of who, Brett? Um, Leo. Yeah. Splat. <laughs> that man, I, I was waiting for it the whole time and it still devastated me. I love Martin Sheen. He's like the only truly good character in the movie. <sighs> and I feel like Martin Sheen's love for Notre Dame throughout this movie is a direct reference to when he was on the West Wing. Yes, and definitely. And that president, it has to be, right? That's a definite like, yeah, one for one. Yeah, for sure. Unless unless he actually, he might be a Notre Dame fan to begin with. But uh, yeah. For, <laughs> but either way, yeah, uh, yeah. I think there's a little more than that. Because supposedly it plays into the whole morality of this film that Martin Scorsese wrote in. And about Catholicism and like... Um, like you know, there's drug. a there's a Boston there's Boston College like right down the street, and they chose Notre Dame. I don't know if I buy that. Yeah, they're Jesuit though. So anyway, um... still cat, still Catholic, <laughs> just different. You're Jesuit. <laughs> it's not. It's not the only. It's not the only Irish. Later, Jack Nicholson, when he's like shot in the stomach, he has a Notre Dame sh- just like gray. Yeah, yeah. Gray Irish shirt, yeah. Yeah, it looks really crusty on his big old belly. Plus, there's like a <laughs> blood space. <laughs> looks like sp- well, he wouldn't wear he wouldn't wear any Boston stuff. Did you read about that? I think that's hilarious. Yeah, he refused to wear a Red Sox hat. Like, yeah, yeah. What a prick. <laughs> yeah, douchebag. I, I actually thought he did. What an, an over the hill prick. I thought he, is he had movie. done like a decent job playing this, but now I'm just realizing like no. he's like living out what he wants to do. It's really gross. He's gross. He's going to be the next one caught, you guys. I'm picking him. Him? Yeah. Nah, I don't think he need to bad. force himself, man. I mean, women loved him. 
He's done his Oof. crimes. The statute of limitations is passed on all the of them. statue. There is no statute of limitation <laughs> on uh, heinous crimes. Yeah, you would know, Brett. I actually looked it up because somebody said it last week. <laughs> Let's please but not get into that. One of the interesting like That's differences. Oh, one, no, well, one of the interesting differences about like Martin Sheen going splat and the original Infernal Affairs, which I've heard brought up, is that in the original, the guy falls on Leo's character's car. It's like more of like an eye level, like coming to Jesus moment. Like you're seeing that guy who sacrificed himself like eye to eye. Whereas in this movie, Marty chooses to like let uh, Martin Sheen splat blood all over him. I don't, which I don't know. I mean, Stevie, you've seen both. Which do you think works better? Because like, I feel like it's more gratuitous in this. With all the gore that goes on him. It might be a little bit smarter in the original version. I'd say it's you... smarter, like also you more said, cliche. if you see someone cliche. like at eye level who's doing like all this work for you and sacrificing themselves than someone is dropping off in front of you, you know what I mean, and immediately getting into a van after that. It's not as easy to get, I guess. It's not as easy to get it. So I don't <laughs> I think know. The, I think the window thing's I think the window thing's more cliche to be honest with you. So like the X thing on the window. Uh, what yeah. what x thing what what, what window what thing, window Brett? thing well that, like someone's driving along and a body falls right on the window i feel like that's been done like a billion times oh that's true well just going back what well, i was and saying the, and, to the Mar- and the x thing too what's the x thing i don't know <laughs> there, there's <laughs> <What>? <laughs> there's like a an x in the background like behind certain characters at, at oh, some point, if they I die know. later on, apparently. Yeah, and Paul it. McCartley's dead. But anyway, going back to the morality of this film, Scorsese actually went on record. <laughs> Scorsese? McCartley? Scorsese. Go ahead. Nobody heard McCartney. That was our special too. tonight. The Scorsese. He went on record saying that here when Martin Scorsese, or when Martin Sheen? As the. Mm-hmm. Estevez, yeah. Yeah, when Martin Estevez dies, it's an overt reference to the Luciferian revolt. And, like, a lot of it they're saying is, like, despite mm. him being, like, the good guy in the police department, like, his men who should be loyal to him still decide to, like, follow him and tail him to that building. And then oh. therein, that's why, like, the bad guys like get on the scent and end up killing him does does that like pappy do you get that's it? pretty cool i don't know if pappy gets that one though ah uh, so it's like a jesus thing right i think by far is martin talk estevez our about... christ character <laughs> absolutely we talk about the christ-like figure quite a bit on this pod and this one's pretty clear but i don't think it's definitely but i think Charlie it's ironic dad. because pappy didn't get it <laughs> no, I'm not gonna lie. I I didn't pick up on that. I guess did anybody else on this podcast tonight pick up on that without googling it? I, no, but I like that. It's, it's pretty Luciferian. Like that. that was good insight from Josh. The cool. Interesting. What's good insight? The interesting thing though yeah. is that Martin Scorsese thought that that was overt. So what did Martin Scorsese think about the whole rat thing? Because I agree <laughs> with you, Pappy. That stuff is very spelled out i don't know it, this movie has rewatchability but every time i've rewatched it, it hasn't gotten better i guess like reservoir dogs 
Stop it. <laughs> Pulp Fiction. Can we talk about Jack Nicholson eating a fly, please? What? 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 Do you guys not remember that? I do. He eats a fly. Ugh. When does he eat a no, fly? Oh, when he slams like it on the table? Scene. Yeah, it's like oh, in the next scene. Yeah, yeah. What do I like about restaurants? The fucking food? I don't know what. You learn a lot watching things eat. And he says something too, like his quote is like, you can learn a lot by watching how other people eat. And then he like crunches this fly. How do you guys forget that? Wait, that's the, the scene we talked about like a half hour ago, right? Yeah. The yeah. That's no. A bit out of, no, out no, 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 no. It definitely comes next. Well, that's the scene I was talking about earlier, Joe. If that, if I made a mistake on that. Maybe I had it out of order. I don't know. I did not catch him after, eating after a fly. After he left. That was when he's trying to catch the snitch and stuff. Yeah. The, the rat. Yeah, that sorry. guy's dying and he's telling him that you went to the wrong address. Or you went to the right one, even though I told you the wrong one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that guy was like a cop, yeah. too, right? Yeah. Well, they said that, like, Costello says that they're reporting that he's a cop so that he stops, like, looking for the rat that's actually in his thing. But, like, I, I don't think yeah, he actually but... was a cop. I think he was. They were with Why him. else would he have said what he said then? I think he was FBI, actually. Again, oh, it goes back to well, the state new, the new, FBI. There's a news report that says he was a cop. but Yeah. No, I know what Jordan's saying. He's saying that that could be the FBI or the cops uh, putting out a story just so they would stop worrying about the rat. No, I because don't he, told, means that. he told Leonardo right before that, like, hey, I didn't tell the rest of the guys that you showed up at the right place even though I told you the wrong place. Why, why didn't I tell him? Why didn't I tell him? Wait, I, I think you're mistaking me. What are you saying? I'm saying he was definitely part of the cops. That's what I was actually about to say that, and then you interjected. <sighs> this country! I was saying that doesn't mean that one thing didn't mean the other. I'm just kind of like hmm. trying to give Jordan an out or whatever. Nah, I think. Don't give Jordan I, an I appreciate that, Brett. Wait, so, <laughs> you're welcome. so you Sorry, think Brett. that he... You think that he knew that Costigan was a cop too yeah. then? Because that would imply that he knew that Costigan was a a snitch and that's why he didn't tell. I think, yeah, probably. Huh. But who knows? Maybe he just did it on accident. And he got buried in the mash. Not very well, though. Fenway Marsh's yesterday no. afternoon is that of Timothy Delahunt, an undercover policeman for the city of Boston. This was the scene yesterday when Delahunt's body was found in the marshes near the Fenway. As for who did this or why, that's something police are working on right now. If you have I don't any believe information it. About this murder, what can't you believe? I spent all fucking night dragging the poor bastard in there. Tell me how they found him so fast. Somebody walking a fucking dog in three feet of mud. What kind of fucking size of dog is that? That's a big fucking dog, man. I spent all fucking night doing it, man. I'm embarrassed. I still don't believe he was a cop. I don't believe it. The cops are saying he's a cop so I won't look for the cop and you soft fits when I tell you to dump a body in the marsh you dump him in the marsh not where some guy from John Hancock goes every Thursday to get a fucking blowjob don't laugh this ain't reality TV. Um. All right. So we're gonna fast forward. There's a cocaine drop off that kind of sets the scene for Costello's death. Uh, he eventually admits to being an informant to Sullivan, and he tries to get the draw on him. But Sullivan sh- 
smokes him first. <laughs> um, it's kind of a uneventful death, I would say. I mean, we kind of touched on it yeah. earlier when he, he calls the wife and he's like, we lost Frank. Um, but it came really fast. It like happened really fast. He won't be home for supper. <laughs> <laughs> um, Costigan is then able to come in uh, into the department and kind of get his life back together. But then he notices the envelope from uh, from the gang with like everybody's social security numbers. And he panics and he runs away, which is, I think, the second time that he kind of loses his cool. And uh, yeah, he blew that. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't he just stay there and expose Matt Damon as the true rat? Yeah. Right. Or at least not be so obvious about it and then get his identity back and then sneakily go and do all that stuff. I, yeah. I don't think he meant to be caught, but he was, like you said, he was way too hasty. <laughs> Probably because he yeah. saw when Matt Damon pressed delete, he literally saw his picture go, loop, deleted from the internet forever. <laughs> deleted forever. Yeah, yeah. He plus, the only two people in the, in the uh, precinct that even knew about him were gone. But he didn't delete it until after he ran. Yeah. I was just kind of joking because that scene was so ridiculous. It shows the the picture like from top to bottom, like wipe out <laughs> of the internet forever. I thought that was really funny too. Jordan, can we just re- rewind really quick to Again? Uh, Jack Nicholson's death? <sighs> yeah. Did you not think that was like kind of funny how Matt Damon had to decide like three separate times to kill him? And he was like almost dead and he'd try to kill him back. And then you shoot him more. <laughs> he tried to shoot him yeah, again. it's like a series of like two shots, a series of three shots, and a series of like fucking ten shots. Bam, 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 bam. I got him! I got him! <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> I didn't laugh that much at that point because I don't know. I I hated Nicholson by that point in the movie so much. I was very ready for him to be done. Um, for us to get to that next part. Uh. So yeah, Costigan panics, he leaves, and then Sullivan erases his records. Eventually, uh, Costigan, Leo, has enough evidence and in enough places that he forces uh, Matt Damon to meet up with him on the same roof that his boss got thrown off of. And this is where we kind of get into our final, get it? very like kind of confusing get it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> to get it, does anybody and does anybody want to walk us it? through this? I'm on board with the get it, Pap. I'm on board, <laughs> <laughs> Pap. Since it's so, so obvious, yeah. why don't you take us through, man? Bring us home. Yeah, so he, he agrees to he agree. Sorry, he agrees to meet uh, Matt Damon uh, on the roof where uh, Martin Sheen died. Uh, they both go up there. Uh, Leonardo reveals like the information he knows. He makes a citizen's arrest, and then Anthony Anderson, who we haven't mentioned yet, uh, playing Trooper Brown. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> okay, Pat. Come, <laughs> Come comes up to the roof, and uh, there's a little bit of a showdown uh, between the three of them. Uh, Leo insisting that he's going to make this arrest, presumably just driven insane by the years of being undercover. Uh, he takes Matt Damon down the elevator, bypassing Anthony Anderson. And in this scene, this is one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie because you oh. see uh, Matt Damon 
being such a fucking weasel. It's so <laughs> yeah. great. How he just like run through run throughs his options, like, oh you can't arrest me, and it's just like just fucking kill me. Like he realizes how fuck fucked just he is. Um but then like Just fucking kill me. So there's two I guess there's two twists. There's one like when they get off the elevator, Leo dies and he gets shot by I don't even have his name in front of me. Who's the guy who shoots him? Berrigan. Um, the other rat. Yeah. Looked like he was gonna invade Poland the whole movie. The other other rat. <laughs> yeah. Some some super underdeveloped character yeah, shoots for sure. Leo. And and uh you think he was the only one? Like he had multiple guys in here, blah 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 blah. So Matt Damon caps him. Uh quick funeral, and then Mark Wahlberg kills uh Matt Damon. Of Boogie later. Nights. Ned? Mark Wahlberg of Boogie Nights. Yeah. And 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 then there's the rat scene. Oh, Pap's favorite. Man. <laughs> Man. Do you get it? <laughs> Josh, do you remember when we first watched this movie? I think so. Do you remember my reaction to this movie? No. I know this is great. This is great stuff here, guys. In this country. No. But I, this is like a complete overreaction to me, and I was actually telling Brittany about it earlier. I stormed out of you and Ralphie's place after this movie. I was so mad. I've and still to this day I don't think I've ever been more mad after watching a movie. It was kinda like Did you not get it? <laughs> <laughs> well I didn't have someone there going, get it, get it to me. So <laughs> But I just I was I just was really mad because I really liked the movie and then I hated it and then I didn't watch it for like ten years because I don't know. I it kinda what, ruined yeah. it for me. It's kinda like the right, re- end of innocence for me. Where I'm like, oh, I guess we can't have the good guys live in the end anymore. And don't get me wrong, I know you gotta switch things up, but I just was really mad, and I wasn't as mad when I watched it this time. But just to spell it out, that Brett was specifically mad at the injustice that Leonardo DiCaprio faced. And yes, I think like Pap, as much as we joked about, get it. If if there's like any sort of moral lesson in this, I feel like it's squashed in that. Leonardo, who was, I mean, he crapped on the whole. Yeah, movie. he was crapped on the whole movie in multiple ways, and like you said, that Martin He's Sheen finally about to do it. Martin Sheen was the like heart of gold character. Like, really, I think it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, he gave well, everything he's he had. Like the hero, yeah, for sure. He's like the hero. I mean, I don't know if he was as pure as heart as like Martin, but yeah, yeah, you're right. I was actually well, thinking about that earlier, but. I, yeah, I, I mean, think that, that, yeah. that comes into more of like what the movie's trying to say, and like, I think what what like Marty's movies aren't happy films. No. Like, you don't walk away from watching a Scorsese movie and you're like, oh, that was uplifting. Like, I feel like this movie yeah, just basically Kate saying, Fear. no matter, yeah, no matter what path you take in America, you're gonna get shit on. Like, he's trying to tell these two yeah. stories of one guy tries to do the right thing, one guy tries to do the wrong thing, and they both get kind of fucked. Like, the whole thesis of the movie is no matter what path you take your life's gonna kind of suck no and i i I get that i get that now i i just at the time i was you know this guys it was the 70s things were crazy back then when i watched this movie so your child (laughs) may live on what (laughs) no but i i don't know i i get it now and you you make a really good point uh your points are good pappy i just at the time i was just really shook man as shook, not quite casino and shook, but in a different way. <laughs> but uh, speaking, like when I swore off that I'd never go to Vegas ever after seeing what happened to Joe Pesci. Spoiler, spoiler alert. 
Spe- Go ahead. Speaking of uh, kind of initial reactions to this, this is before the movie, but this is one of the times that I remember my pal Stevie getting very, very hyped for a movie. And I want to know how you feel about this movie now, years later, Stevie. Um, obviously, it's a great our- movie. Yeah. I do too. Yeah, I think it's a great movie. I mean, we can be cynical about it and, you know, prod out what's wrong with it. But at the end of the day, it's still a great movie. I mean, it's not Martin Scorsese's best movie. Probably not even his third best movie, but it's still a really good movie. That's fair. Opinion. So there were a few a few uh, casting decisions that I saw online uh, and two that I kind of want to bring to you guys. Brad Pitt mm-hmm. was initially cast <laughs> as uh, in Matt Damon's part as Sullivan. I can't no. I can't imagine hating him. I can't imagine hating him like I hated Matt Damon. <laughs> he, he ended up EPing though on this movie. Right? Yeah, he did. Like, yeah, he was. Yeah, him and him and like, nah, I'd rather just not do working. <laughs> no, he did. A, he did a he did a crappy movie instead that I've never seen, but I heard it was really Babel. Babel. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the second one was Al Pacino was initially cast in Jack Nicholson's yeah. part. Um, he could have been w- would that have worked no. for you guys? No. Post heat. No, no, it would have no. been, been, just him been better, reprising but... his Godfather role for like the nineteenth time. Okay, your Scarface Godfather and three. Godfather and everything. If we're gonna put one of those guys, well, in Michael there, I think and Tony are to- total different ends of the spectrum. Thank you. That's a whole different story. Especially, <laughs> especially Godfather one, to- uh, Michael. Yeah, I mean, I think Godfather two, Michael's have... super snaky, but he's not like stupid like Tony yeah, Montana. Straight, straight sociopath. Yeah. Yeah. But this this whole movie is setting up for whoever plays Frank to get an Oscar nod. Like the fact that Mark Wahlberg got the supporting Oscar nod is a joke. <laughs> like he's in. It should have been the character of the mob boss, and like Jack just completely blew it. I feel like De Niro may have had enough, you know, gravitas to actually care about my job left in the bank to like pull off that elder statesman <laughs> before he became the mailman. Role. But yeah, like I mean, clearly Jack Nicholson didn't have it. Like I can't picture Al Pacino in it. Like, but I, this is like a teed up like Oscar nom. It's this this movie got five Oscar wins, didn't it? Got Four, best picture, didn't Four. it? Four. Yeah. Best picture. Yep. Best picture. Best directing. Best screenplay. And best editing. Uh, the fact that Jack didn't even get a nom. It's kind of a slap in the face when this yeah, movie got four, five other nominations. Like, I mean, you think it's a, yeah, a slap in the face? Does he Leo deserve it? No, Leo didn't campaign on this movie. Though. Yeah, I read Leo, that too. Leo and, campaigned and, on Bloodsport. Yeah, he didn't even Blood, Blood Diamond. <laughs> Blood Diamond. It, and that was whatever. Which is a Blood I thought he was. A, I thought he should have won better performance. I'm starting to realize that with this and Missouri Breaks, like. Uh, you're just never gonna like Jack Nicholson. I love Jack Nicholson. He just hates this movie. He's, he's better in breaks. Missouri Breaks. He is okay. better in Missouri Breaks, actually, <laughs> a thousand like, times better. <laughs> <laughs> that movie, that movie sucked, right? I, I didn't watch oh, it. Oh, real bad. He <laughs> never should. Sorry. Dad. Um. <laughs> yeah, go, Joe. All right. So since we've already kind of gone, I will. I guess I had two questions to kind of end before we give yes or no's um, is, and I guess the first one we've talked a lot about kind of nitpicky parts that we don't necessarily like. I want to get everybody's kind of best or favorite scene. Um, Cause I think there are some iconic ones in this and Pappy, we'll start with, from, start with you. Uh, what do you, what do you think is the best scene or just your favorite scene here? Probably the one where Leo's getting his arm broke on the pool table Oof. and they're like looking for the wire in that for some reason, like, I know I shit on Jack in this movie, 
But that whole sequence of like him taking him back, like I'm not the cops, like that's and if you're really looking at it from Leo's perspective, like he's playing a guy who's undercover. That's really, really good acting. And like, like I said, I know I shit on Leo, but like he gets his arm smashed, and so Leo yells. But like <laughs> that whole scene, that that's that's like the the. I don't know. It's just like like the catalyst of the movie. It's like really moving things forward. Like that's that's what sticks out in my head. It might not be the best, but the whole scene in the bar is just like classic Scorsese. Mm. Josh, how about you, man? Yeah, I'm pretty pleased you asked this because I had a scene written down just for this. Uh, Alec Baldwin is like, it's a tense moment in the movie. It's kind of like three-fourths of the way through, and he's just like putting golf. He's just like playing golf, practicing. And (laughs) um, Matt Damon's character comes up with him and like, Alec Baldwin gives us like quick speech about like why marriage is important to your career. And I remember thinking about this quote a couple times in my life and then hearing it this on this watch. I was like, Oh, this is what this movie is from. And it's really funny. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Maybe we could play the clip, but marriage is an important part of getting ahead. Lets people know you're not a homo. Married guy seems more stable. People see the ring, they think at least somebody can stay on the side of a bitch. Ladies see the ring, they know immediately you must have some cash and your cock must work. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, working. <laughs> Overtime. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he's talking about like... <laughs> I I don't really want to say it, but he's like how people won't know you're a homo. And that like... Yeah. Yeah, it's his quote. And that, like, when women see the ring, they see, like, money and that your cock work. Like, he just lays everything out in the line, like, really quick. And Alec. He's drinking a Budweiser. He's like, <laughs> Dude, I, I like Matt, Matt Damon's response to, like, they, they know that your dick works. He's like, well, m- mine's working overtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, so overconfident. Like, yeah, dude. <laughs> and Alec Baldwin's like, yeah, like, nice. <laughs> Cool, dude. <laughs> cool, bro. Uh, Brett, how about you, man? <laughs> ah, man, mine's really understated, and um, it might not be it, but it stuck out to me, and it involves a guy who I absolutely love, and he's not been mentioned one time in this movie, uh, in this podcast, and I'm absolutely devastated. The first scene where you meet uh, Ray Winstone's character in the bar with the cranberry juice. French? I love that little... Yeah, Mr. French. Um, was that I mean, his I real w- name? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, that's not... My thing would probably be what Pappy French. said, that scene with all that, that bar thing, but I really liked when he first kind of got introduced to <laughs> the gang, typically, and I really liked uh, Ray Winstone. I, I like Ray Winstone and everything he's in, and I really liked him in this movie. Even I mean, obviously, his Boston accent was like the worst of all time. If, but then again, you can't even, you don't really know if he was trying to be, he could have been an, an English Boston guy, but mm. does everybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But yeah, no. And I liked every, I liked every time, uh, Martin Sheen was in the movie. So, <laughs> and Stevie favorite part, best scene. Uh, I think my favorite part was when, uh, Jack Nicholson's character presents himself as God to the two priests and the nun. Oh, um, no. <laughs> that was great. That's good. Well, yeah, him. he's just kind of, when you look at Boston, I mean, the archdiocese and Catholic church is a huge 
Like, it's a huge institution in Boston, especially with the Irish Catholic base that's there. And he's kind of getting after him, telling him, like, hey, stay away from the kids, this, that, and the other. And he's drawing the whole time he's talking to uh, to um, Leo DiCaprio. And in the beginning of the scene, the nun kind of makes eyes with him and smiles at him in kind of a weird way. And did you guys see what he drew when he, like, put the napkin on, like, the table? It was a naked nun. Yeah, it was a Wasn't naked it? nun. It was pretty much saying, yeah. like, if I can get her, that makes me God. So that was probably my favorite mm. part of the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty intense favorite part, of Steve. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought it was just a well-written part. That's true. Fair enough. Um, all right, did you guys have anything else to touch on before we head to yes or no's? And then well, what was your favorite part, Shodman? Yeah. And what's your oh, favorite gangster uh, movie? Oh, Favorite gangster movie is probably Goodfellas. Okay, solid. Um, you ever said. Uh, and then my favorite scene, I think it's probably the first one with uh, Mark Wahlberg, where he just goes off mm. on Leo. Yeah, I. It makes me laugh so hard every time. <laughs> um, just thinking about it, but no, yeah, I, I think that's a good one. I I think Wahlberg, Pappy, I kind of disagree. I I don't think it's. Um, I mean, I, d- I don't think that his part was written to get that Oscar nomination, but I think it deserved it because he's I'm, only in like four or five scenes and he kills it every time I'm, he's there. I'm with you. I'm with you on that, Joe. Even the end scene where yeah. he kills Matt Damon, it's like that almost sets him up for the perfect Oscar supporting nod because he's kind of like the guy that does justice in the end and is there the whole time, even though he seems like a douchebag. Mm. Yeah. for sure i and like his his whole get up there in the last scene where he's got like <laughs> his his shoes baggied up and he doesn't even wait for damon to close the door he just blows his yeah. brains out into the hallway <laughs> yeah very it's cool. such a badass move. just think how scary that would be matt damon walking into your apartment and you see him and you know who he is and he's like all <laughs> doc like he's all like dextered out like ready to commit murder Dude, he got so lucky those two old ladies like close the elevator door literally two <laughs> seconds before he blows Matt Damon's brains out in the wide open. Did I pick something? Plus, up? He probably thought he got away with everything. Speaking of those two kids, like in the ele- or the two older ladies in the elevator, like the dog. Yeah, the dog. Like, what was with? Yeah, him? that's did she, weird. Did she know that he was an evil man now? I wonder if the if the girlfriend had like talked to their neighbors or something. I, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> oh, jeez. Even dogs can smell. He him smells out. like a rat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're annoying, Pep. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any final thoughts before those yeses or nos? The second movie mentioning Notre Dame, Die Hard being the first. USC. Oh God. All right. Bad. So we're into yes or no's. Um, we'll go uh, same order that we went went with uh, for intros. Um, so that leaves us for uh, Jordan's Brett. the most east, actually. Oh, it is. I am the most Ooh. east. You're right. Um, Let Joe go. Uh, last. Yeah, this he movie is. A, I already started. <laughs> a, a, a yes for me. Um, it is. It's. It's like a medium yes, like a half staff. It's not fully erect or flaccid <laughs> um i think i think it's a good movie it does kind of fall apart when you watch it more than two or three times i think um there's a lot of loose ends but i think it is good and entertaining funny in parts but also 
a, a decent TV like hungover Sunday movie. Um, so it kind of plays in all aspects of that. Uh, so it's a yes for me. Um, it's definitely a yes for me. Um, I enjoyed it a lot more second time. I was probably between my second and fourth favorite movie of 2006. So, you know, that's pretty good. 2006 was a pretty sneaky good year, in my opinion. What so. was your favorite? Oh, Wait, the, yeah. The, what are the, the prestige by far? Um, <sighs> I hate you. We're, we're rivals now, Stevie. I hope you know that. Uh, movie sucks, dude. I love the prestige. Movie does not I suck. got you. I got you, Brad. You guys got it all wrong. That's a terrible pick. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I don't know, Little Miss Sunshine and uh, maybe uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Those are all pretty good movies. Oh my here. god, you're missing the best movie of the year. Yeah, The Holiday. Yeah, it was good. Sorry, Blood Diamond. What are you talking about? I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's the best movie? Yeah, what's Pat? the best movie? I'll, I'll wait for my turn. <laughs> Pat put himself Borat. in timeout. <laughs> uh, I thought uh, I'd, I'd give it a definitely uh, not like a rock solid yes, but um, a, a really good yes. Uh, great cast, really good cast. I thought it was really good acting. I thought Leo was awesome, and just about everyone else was awesome. Definite yes for me. This is Josh from Goshen. Josh, halfway through the East to Least, um, we we ripped a lot on this movie, and there are some parts that are pretty slappy in the face, obvious, and it's a little annoying. But what what I think this movie does it it, it puts you in a a mood for sure. It's one of those movies that really just like grabs you when you're watching it. Um, I'm gonna give this movie a pretty solid. Like, Viggo Mortensen's pretty worked up. Yes. And, like, I I honestly think, like, Martin Scorsese does a super good job of putting four to six actors in places where they can really shine. Where Whether that's, like, Alec Baldwin, Leo, Matt Damon, uh, Martin Sheen. Um, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson is a little bit on the fringe there, but... I think for the most part, like, clearly Jack Nicholson is invoking his Marlon Brando from the set that he remembers from Misery Breaks. You could go back and listen to that episode, <sighs> and we talked about how Marlon Brando just, like, doesn't give a fuck during that movie. Yeah, it's two sides of the same and coin. And I think now, yeah. <laughs> do you get it? who's bad at his job Do you now? get it? Yeah. Jack Nicholson, just like you Marlon Brando, sucks at his job now. I've been waiting. To, I've been building to this point, Pep. And so, sorry. <laughs> anyway, I don't think that's Martin Scorsese's fault. He did, like, there's so many good performances, and the plot is interesting. Like, don't watch this every week, but every couple of years, like, yeah, this is a very good movie. Stevie, I'll give us a yes. Solid movie. It's not Martin Scorsese's best movie. It's not his worst. It's just a really good movie. Uh, I think this winning Best Picture was like an accumulative award, uh, considering that like Casino I think should have gotten it, then Goodfellas should have gotten it. Um, what, um, did Raging Bull win Best Picture, Pat? No, this I got fucking best. robbed by that stupid Robert Redford directed divorce drama. Bullshit. Out of Africa? No. Okay, directed see, by Robert Redford. Yeah, so this this is an accumulation award for this getting Best Picture. Um, I don't think you guys are giving Jack Nicholson enough credit. I mean, mm. he's playing a real person, 
but can't explicitly say that he's a real person. It's not like he can just uh, go, I'm going to do Whitey Bulger the whole time. Why, why you know can't what I mean? So, that is what they said. What? He's based on Whitey Bulger. Right, it's but if you've seen known. Black Mass, like, Johnny Depp went Park. full Whitey Bulger. Like, Never I just think Whitey. he had a tougher job than you think. Just my two cents on it. Was he convincing and like, did you not feel like he was just an old man on set doing whatever he wanted to do? No. I don't think that way at all. I think he was not an outlandish he did that, character. Like, that little rat cheese thing and like. I mean, I think for the job that he was supposed to do, I think he did just fine. He brought a dildo on set on his own accord. Well. Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Hearsay. Sorry, sorry, Steve. No, no, that's good. Pat, oh, is it me? Uh, yeah. So at one point, this was my favorite movie of all time. It's a hard yes for me. I've probably hard. seen it at least twenty. I've probably seen it twenty times, and the more t- more I see it, the less I like it. Honestly, it, it really <laughs> runs thin in some points, but I love this movie. It's a hard yes. Uh, but to get back to the point of the Oscars, clearly the best movie of 2006 is Children of Men, which did not get nominated for Best Picture, which is one of the biggest crimes of all time. I've heard so many people talk about how terrible that movie is. Yeah, those people are dumb. So terrible? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I know. No you guys, one's ever called Children like of Men terrible. If I'm ranking the movies of 2006, it's Children of Men, The Departed, Little Miss Sunshine. Then what was that movie you spoiled, Josh? That forgettable one. Missouri Break. Yeah, <laughs> that one. Pants. Before, so, yeah. Yes, hard yes for me. I loved it a lot the first time. Love it less each time I see it. Well, at what point do you stop watching, Pat? <laughs> when the stupid <laughs> podcast stops. You're ruining the magic. This dumb podcast stops making me watch these movies again. <laughs> <laughs> so that's five five yeses. Uh, Stevie, what does that make this movie? Preserved? Preserved. Okay. Um, I think you have so. a Christ-like character for us. Hundreds. <laughs> oh, we already said that's Martin Sheen. What food is this, though? <laughs> Boston crab. <laughs> no, yeah, the only fresh reason caught. that Jordan picked this movie was to have a connection to Young Guns. What was your what? connection yeah, to Young Guns that you that? Kept... I don't understand. Estev- Martin Estevez Estev- is the father of Carlos Estevez and Emilio Estevez. Okay, if we want to get into Six Degrees of Young Guns, we can do that for any movie we've we've spoiled. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yikes. Um, Plus, I'm pretty sure Martin okay. screened regulators when he fell <laughs> off the building. <laughs> <laughs> Regulators and exploded Regulators! full of blood. <laughs> you guys ready for some trivia? Please. Sure. All right. I'm trying to figure out what our uh, order needs to be. So who's hosted? Uh, la- like going back last. Paps coming off a three. Papped. Oh god. Fuck you. Stevie's been a while. I think it's Stevie from everyone right. on here. What's a three pap? No, yeah. What does that even mean? Every time he's available for trivia, he gets it. Bull crap. So Bull pap. Stevie, you're actually going to go first because I'm pretty sure that's an advantage in this game. Um, and so we'll go Stevie, <sighs> Brett, Josh, then Pap. Uh, so how this works? This is higher or lower? 
and I've got a list of one, two, three, I hate four, this blah, game. Blah, 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 like ten or twelve uh, Martin Scorsese directed films, and you're gonna go higher or lower with the Rotten Tomatoes scores. So if you get it, if you get one right, you get to keep going. So potentially you could get twelve in a row, and the other guys wouldn't even get a chance. Um, Audience or critics? Uh, this was what was it? IMDb no, score. No, Rotten Tomatoes. Whatever one's displayed at the top. Oh, that's Metacritic or Meta. Meta. All right, let's it's get critic. on with that. It's critics. Let's do it. It's critics. Sorry, All my right. bad. Um, yeah. Does that make sense, Stevie? Sure. Cool. Meta score. Um, so we start off with the Departed at. Wait. So wait. How do you win? It's whoever gets the last two, right? No, no, no. Whoever gets the most. So like if Stevie okay. reels off seven to start okay. with, like that might that might be a winner. Yeah. Game over. Um so we start off with the departed at ninety one percent. Our next movie is The Aviator. Was its review higher or lower, Stevie? Oh, I hate that movie. <laughs> so long. Everyone so does. Long. I know, I think it won five Oscars too. Um just as I hate it. And I'm tired. I'm going to say lower. Lower is correct. It was 87%. Next is a movie that I think you mentioned earlier. Cape Fear. Higher or lower than 87%. If I remember my my brain, I think that had like a 74, like a 77. I'm going to go lower. Wow. Impressive. 74. Uh, The next one (laughs) is... You just remember fucking their... Tomato meters. Do you know how dumb my brain is? Yeah. <laughs> I remember the dumbest things in the world. Pap, you've seen me do trivia. That's pretty incredible. You're the rain, you're the rain you. man. <laughs> Definitely. We eat fish sticks yeah. on Fridays. Let's <laughs> do it. Cape Fear did come in at 74%. Uh, the next one is Shutter Island. Higher than 74? Higher or lower, yes. Uh, I'm going to go higher. Incorrect. Uh, Shutter Island was 68%. Brett, you're up next. You ready? Really? Yes, sir. So Shutter Island was 68%. Uh, The the 2016 classic bleed for this, higher or lower than 68%. Is that with Miles Teller? It is. Higher. Just barely higher. 70%. Damn. (laughs) Tough question. (laughs) The next one on our list is Silence. A little more recent. Or no, uh, what was that, 2016 as well? Yeah. Higher or lower than 70%. Liam Nielsen. Who's in that movie? (laughs) Oh. uh, Lower. Incorrect. Silence was 84%. Andrew Garfield, uh, Mishawaka native, Adam Driver. Was Adam Driver in that? Yeah. Uh, Josh, you're up next. Yeah. Silence was 84%. Uh, next up on our list is The Color of Money. Aren't you going to give like a year? And starring, Paul Newman, starring Paul Newman. Starring Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Thought, there thought, you, go. thought you would knew this one. You should know it. <laughs> I'll say higher. Correct. 89% for The Color of Money. You're welcome. Uh, bah, 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 bah. 
You're welcome. <laughs> the next one is it's another uh <laughs> was uh one of Brett's favorites, Casino. Higher or lower than eighty nine percent for Casino. Higher. Incorrect. Eighty percent. Eighty percent for yeah. Casino. <laughs> is it just one pass? Uh, is it one pass through on these? No, I will keep going. Keep going. We're only, we're only What's the leader in the through. clubhouse? How many, right? Steve, Stevie's got two. two. Uh, Brett and Josh tied with one. Right. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So I said Casino had 80%. The next is the 2011 movie higher. Hugo. Indeed, higher. 94%. Good movie. 94? Uh, next one. 94, okay. correct. Next one is Wolf of Wall Street. Lower. Higher, lower than lower. 94. Correct. Seventy-eight percent for that one. Okay. Easy Our... one. <laughs> hey man, I didn't make up the order. Our next one is Goodfellas. Higher or lower than seventy-eight percent? I'm gonna go higher Wolf. than seventy-eight percent wow. for Goodfellas. Does it have wow. a ninety-one? It has a ninety-seven. <sighs> Gulp. So what's next? Ah. Our next Just one. Give him the game. Is no, no. Stevie's spot was the easy. Remember Sosa Ra- sixty eight when people were like soaping that on their cars. This is an unprecedented streak, boys. But go ahead. <laughs> oh my God. So Goodfellas was ninety seven percent. Raging Sosa. Bull, higher or lower? Oh wait, 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 wait. Say that again. Was Goodfellas seventy eight? Goodfellas was, was ninety seven. Raging Bull. Raging Bull, higher or lower? Go higher. Incorrect. Fuck. Raging Bull. Ninety-five <gasps> percent. I thought he was trying to trick you, Pappy. I, I would have guessed. I, th- I thought that's like a ninety-nine or something, like one of those movies. Nah, ninety-five. Stevie, you got a What's chance up? to pull ahead here. You got two left. You need him to pass Pappy. Um, Wait, he just passes me. Total right. Yeah. All right. It doesn't have to be like a streak. Um, so Raging Bull was 95%. Next up is The Last Temptation of Christ from 1988. What? Who was even in that? I do not William know. Defoe. Are you serious? Play William Jesus. Defoe. It's famous. <laughs> William Defoe? Who's that? Was he, was he the Christ-like character? He's not. No, the, uh, he's the Green Goblin. I'm going to say lower. The Green Goblin. Correct, Stevie. You've pulled even with Pappy. That's so uh, the Last Temptation of Christ was 82%. game. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pap's so mad again. <laughs> the Pap streak is in jeopardy. This is questionable. Gangs of New York, higher or lower than 82%. Oh, that's tough. Can I say except you're welcome? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say lower. The pap streak is over. Yeah! TV is our winner. <laughs> hey, hey, Pappy, I only got one thing to say to you. world needs plenty of bartenders. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie, while, uh, while you think about your pick for our next review, we'll throw it to Spoiler Man. Spoiler Man, how you doing? Twitter. Twitter. He, he's <laughs> unicorns. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit.
Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme. Our number is 903-776-4507. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Please don't forget to leave us a review by searching for Movie Spoilers, clicking on the cereal bowl, select the Reviews tab, and leave us some stars and some words. That was Spoilers. I definitely got the hardest ones. I also longer. thought Raging Bull was like a 99 or 100 percent. Damn, dude, I I froze. On I that. honestly thought it was like one of the few 100 percent Rotten Tomatoes. But no, mine were so easy. <laughs> I had like such an <laughs> easy path to like three or four, but that was like I just froze. I had no idea. Get ready to hit it's tough stop. to put them in like a good order. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about it was pretty good. Working on the trivia, Stevie, you you ready? Oh, I'm ready. I've been waiting to pick this movie for a long time. It's actually the appropriate time to do it for when it will come out. Mm-mm. So, snow and winter is upon us, boys. And Mikey has to be on this episode. It's one of his favorite movies ever. I was just watching The Gangs in New York with Liam Neeson's in the beginning before he got murdered by... Uh... Okay, thanks for spoiling that one. Uh, yeah, let's do the gray. <laughs> Is that what it is? Yeah, we're doing the gray. I love that movie. <laughs> Never seen it. I'm looking forward. Wait, to it. does Mikey actually like it? Mikey loves the gray. We talk about it quite a bit. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody. Uh, thanks for joining Spoilers tonight. Thank you for the crew: Brett, Josh, Stevie, Babby. Signing off. See you guys. It's kind of bummed in this movie that Martin Scorsese played the shitty version of Comfortably Numb instead of the good yes. studio version. I've become Comfortably Numb. Well, test, it was test, still good, just, test. you know. It's the shitty it's, version. Pink Floyd is a shitty band. Pain. You are Stevie. Stevie. What? I will, I will reach through this computer and wring your neck if you ever say that again. <laughs> Let's go. This is gonna be a good Whoa, podcast. What do you say? They're an overrated band, man. They are not overrated. You're Hershey overrated. I know I'm overrated. I'm very comfortable. <sighs> when I was a child, I had a fever. <laughs> <laughs> Her hands looked just like two balloons. <laughs> Something. I'm in a bad mood now. <laughs> oh, this is fun. I've been on Brett's the pod forever. Comfortably numb. Right, don't worry. The babies just don't get it. Plus, don't take anything I say seriously. <laughs>